0: It's time for the Tri County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard
1: on uh, a Friday. It is a Tri County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports podcast with Dennis and Brady. And uh, Brady, Jacob Cronenworth of St. Clair is disgusting.
2: Yeah, he just keeps doing unbelievable things. If you didn't see last night, he turned a, a a really nice double play, took a hit away up the middle, and then, like, barehanded it to flip it to Tatis at short for the Padres. And, yeah, he's having a good year right now uh, through, what is this, uh, 81 at-bats. He's hitting two seventy-two with a three on on-base percentage. Jeez.
1: So you got uh, Jake playing baseball. We've got a couple of guys playing hockey. Tyler Mott's out in Vancouver. Jack Campbell, of course. Eleven and zero for Toronto to start the season, setting all kinds of records uh, there. Uh, it's uh, there's a lot going on from the Blue Water area in terms of uh, good players coming out of the area and doing good things at higher levels, even. So we the just, highest yeah, level. <laughs> occasionally, we like to throw that out there and remind you that it's going on. Yeah, just in case you've forgotten, I know a lot of you haven't forgotten.
2: Right, it's hard to avoid the Jake Crow. (laughs) worth uh, highlights because they're everywhere. Yeah, they are.
1: right, uh, we'll uh, talk about all the highlights that we've seen over the last couple of uh, days in baseball and softball when we come back and get this Friday show rolling. Tri-County Equipment is your local John Deere dealer. With 10 locations in southeastern Michigan, Tri-County Equipment can help you get the equipment you need. From tractors to ATVs, from snowblowers to used equipment, Tri-County Equipment is your one-stop shop. Right now, Tri-County Equipment is offering free home delivery on select John Deere models for a full list, visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Tri-County Equipment with 10 locations in
3: Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Caro Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky.
1: Open 8 to 6 weekdays, 9 to 3 on Saturdays. Michael's your dealer for the people.
4: Start strengthening your finances. Transfer your loan to Advia and we'll cut your rate in half. Plus, make zero payments for 90 days. Members who transfer save an average of $3,400. For stronger savings, visit adviacu.org. Advia Credit Union, real advantages for real people.
1: Forty-four DuraClean by Bachelor.
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: And back we are, Dennis with uh, Brady. Normally I sneeze twice, Brady, so I, I waited there for just a second because I had the one sneeze. It's coming. I know it is. Here it comes.
2: It's probably from all the cold weather we've been. In with baseball. It's always two,
1: and I have a pattern throughout my life. I'm too sneeze stucky.
2: Anyway, <laughs> you got to see a baseball game uh, Wednesday, and it wasn't as awful as we thought it was going to be. In the it pool. was pretty awful. I'm going to say gonna Tuesday honest. was worse.
1: At Northern, um, well, yeah, because it was wet. And, yeah. But at Northern, the it's like – Maybe maybe you're too young for this reference, but Candlestick Park, where the yeah. Giants used to yes, play, I, and, and the wind was famous for just swirling around like a tornado. That's northern. The wind swirls. The flagpole's out and right, and it's telling you that the wind is blowing to left, but it's blowing right in your face. Like you're, you're. I I was up top, and it was just blowing right into the booth, and I'm like, no, not doing this. So I got out the pod and I set up behind home plate, thinking lower to the ground gonna have oh last you went wind. behind home plate. I, I went behind home plate for the game the other day because it was just there was no way I was gonna sit up in the booth with the wind blowing 175 miles per hour into my face, which is what it felt like it was doing it was so cold that like the the PA person didn't show up the, the like the up, up top was empty. They just went, nope. (laughs) Nobody was, yeah, they're just like, no, we need windows here because they have just like a garage door thing that slides open. They're like, we need a window so that we can shut it and still see out because this is ridiculous. Um, So I did it from behind home plate, and it was still cold back there, and the wind was swirling around, and and I even had like a couple of husky puppies to snuggle up with that were playing around and trying to eat my extension cord. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It was cold, but when the sun came out, it made like a 10 degrees difference. Oh,
2: yeah, for sure. So,
1: But I, I saw a, a, an interesting uh, game, at least from the, the northern perspective. Um, Colin Presner started, and he had a rough first inning. Uh, he gave up a, a single and a walk to start, then he got a fly ball out, but then he gave up back-to-back doubles. Then he got a strikeout, then he gave up an RBI single, and then he got a strikeout to get out of the first, but it's 4 nothing for Frazier after a half inning. But then Northern comes up, and they bat around in the first. They send 11 to the plate, and they score seven runs themselves and go up 7-4. to four. And, and I'm just sitting there because the day before I had that 22-19 to 19 game, I'm just going, what? what is it, me? <laughs> what, what? What is going on? But then the game settled down after that. Presner pitched really well, three shutdown innings, and then he was followed by um, uh, Dylan Bloink and Jacob Huber, who threw two shutdown innings, and eventually Northern walked it off in the bottom of the sixth on a Huber hit and won the game. They're saying 15-4. to four. I said 14-4 to because once the first run touched the plate on Huber's hit, the game was over. Yeah. Like, un- unless it bounced over the fence, which I don't think it did, for a ground rule double, then I can't count that second run. So it was a bases-loaded shot down into the left-field corner that – Had it not been the mercy rule run, it would have cleared the bases. Yeah. So, you know, Coach probably gave him a double and an extra RBI there. I gave him a single
2: and the run that ended the game. Yeah, because, I mean, technically you're right. The game ends when that run crosses the plate. But that's just semantics. Yeah. It's still a good hit nonetheless. But how about Derek
1: Ruiz? First inning he gets up twice and hits two doubles.
5: (laughs) That's a
2: good way to start the day.
1: The second one was with the bases loaded and it cleared the bases he came up 4-4 with the bases loaded and, and doubled to drive in three and make it uh, 7-4, and the Huskies never looked back um, after that. He went uh, with three hits on the uh, day and uh, scored uh, three runs and knocked in three, I believe it was. Uh, and then uh, you had uh, Ryan Forlastro, who's a young player, but he got on base four times, worked three walks, and got a single and scored there a couple go. of uh, runs. And versatile, too. Like, these young guys – uh, they play multiple positions. Like he played second base this day. I've seen him play in the outfield. All th- like in one game against St. Clair, I think he played all three outfield positions <laughs> in, in the game. Um, and and I want to say he played third base um, for a stretch. And then they made a pitching change, and the pitcher came out and went to third, and he went back out in the outfield. Um, so Northern is interesting because. While their pitching won't blow you away, what I've seen is decent. Like, it, it's it's not bad. And I haven't uh, seen Johnson pitch but one inning, mm-hmm. and he's probably their best pitcher. Have um, you seen Bloink pitch at all? A bloink, I, an inning and a third, and and he comes from the side. You know, I know I'm, he's I'm, supposed I'm,
2: to be one of their better pitchers too.
1: Yeah, I, I'm like, okay, here, here's the football quarterback. He's going to have a good arm. He comes down. He's very deceptive. He comes from the side. Yeah, I saw him pitch an inning in a third, and he struck out three of the five batters that he pitched to, uh, and was really effective.
2: Well, we'll get a better idea because uh, I mean we might as well finish up northern. They they finished the sweep against Frazier last night. They got another win, twelve to four. So they're three and zero. And well, next week we're really going to get a good idea because where you have three games on the docket for them when they play Marysville in what's going to probably end up being a Big Mac Blue series.
1: Yeah, you know, they scored 37 runs against Frazier. They're not going to score 37 runs against Marysville. So their pitching will be put a little bit more to the test. Uh, those would be good games next week because Marysville is pretty good, in, in my opinion. Their weakness is offense, mm-hmm. um, and, but they are so solid pitching, and they catch the ball. Better than anybody I've seen so far this year. Yeah,
2: they are very solid defensively. So that's going to be interesting. That's when we're really going to see because I like getting to see three straight games because then you get to see the whole picture where, I mean, if we just have bad luck, I mean, like you said, we've seen Johnson and Bloink pitch a combined two innings, basically. And I think they're two of their better arms. So yeah, we just might have bad luck going seeing them live that we don't know in person how good they are.
1: But I'll tell you what, uh, Colin Presner for he's probably their third guy. That's not a bad third guy. Um, he had one bad inning on uh, the other day, and that was it. And Huber's pretty good too in the little bit that I've seen him. Mm-hmm. Like they they use him as a relief guy to to get out of innings. And, and and you know get that final out and he's been very effective when
2: I've seen him. Well, even Luke Angels when I I saw him pitch against uh, who, who did I see them play? You saw them play Algonac. Jesus, <laughs> things <laughs> running together. No, you saw them play Algonac. Yes, I did see them play Algonac. That yeah, was the six to one game. Yeah, a- Angels went five innings and struck out four. Pitched really well. Didn't give up uh, a run. Or if he no, he gave up one. Yeah, after a walk. So, I mean. That's They have a very solid staff, and I think next week when they play Marysville, you're going to see a lot of low-scoring games.
1: And like I say, the, the offense woke up this week. Um, I, I like the fact, too, that they're deep. Like, they don't just rely on, on, a, on a couple of uh, guys. Like, um, the, if Cartmel isn't hitting, they can go to Ramo. If Ramo isn't hitting, they can go to Cartmel. If uh, one of the outfielders isn't hitting, they've got Logan O'Flanagan. Mm-hmm. waiting on the bench, he came up and uh, and ripped a shot into right field that the first baseman jumped up to try to catch it. And I think it, had he tried to catch it, it would have carried him out into the outfield. <laughs> I mean, the ball was just destroyed. Um, it, so I, I kind of like what uh, Northern Baseball's got going on right now. And I'm going to tell you what, Coach Manis is serious about this. He wants to make the Husky program a program that people – Talk about like we talk about St. Clair. He is very into this, and he is taking this very
2: seriously, and he wants his players to take it very seriously. Well, you know there's a difference when you have a guy that grew up with the program, played in the program, and now is coming back to coach. It's a little more you know, personal, and it, and it means more. Not that you can't be a transplant and do it. I mean, look at look grow up at Cros-Lex. He's not from here. He's He wants – he's all in for cross lex right now. Yeah. But you see it with guys like Shunk. You see it with guys like Marion Stewart. Nate Manis is another one where he's there, he – Takes pride in it because his name's all over the program as a player now as a coach, and I mean his brother. I mean he, uh, Brett Manis is at Ohio right now, pitching really well. So yeah, the Manis name is kind of involved, very synonymous in recent history with Northern baseball. And yeah, he's and he's doing a good job at least early. They're six and two to start the year. They swept their first opponent, and they they have a very solid squad.
1: All right, what'd you learn from P. H. Cousinol?
2: I learned that Caleb Collier needs to find a four-leaf clover because he did not get the fate he deserved against uh, uh, Warren Cousineau. Um So Cousineau beat PH, a uh, final score of 8-6. to six. It got off to a tough one. The score after one was 5-3. to three. Here's what Cousineau did. Singled and then moved up the second on a throwing error. A sack bunt, a weak single, an error to, to get another man on, a, a legit RBI single, like that was. A, it was a good hard hit to left, struck a guy out, bases loaded with one run that it scored. And there are two outs in the inning. Ground ball to short, boom, ball goes over the head of the first baseman, bases clear, and yeah. it's 4 nothing. He eventually comes across the score after – after because um, I think he moved all the way up to third on the – on the throwing error, so he scored on a pass ball. So it's 5 nothing, with, I think, one earned run because if that play is made, you're out of the inning, it's one nothing. So right there, you're going, all right, crap. <laughs> it's 5 nothing. They bounced back in the bottom of the inning. They scored three. Cade uh, Hansel struck out but got on because um, of a drop third strike. He stole a base, got in scoring position. Uh, and then uh, you had Gavin Troy had an, uh, just a little bit Almost not quite a swinging bunt, but a slow roller in the infield that uh, scored a run. Uh, J.J. Reed had a single in the first that uh, scored a run. So it's five to three. And then Cusno comes back up and they get a legit run. It's a single, single. And then Caleb Champlin for Cusno just hit a rocket. And I, I feel bad for hitters at port here on high because that's a canyon. Yeah, you, you can't hit one. I've never seen one hit out at PH. Like, if you'd have to pull it right down the line, otherwise you have to hit it like 360 feet yeah. in the alleys. And that, that's a big ask of a high school kid. Um, so they scored a legit run. You go to the third inning, it's 6-3 now, and starts off. Kid, kid that cleared the bases with the air? Gets on with another error, bounce ball bounce between leg, sack, bunt, strikeout, and then a single to score him. Uh, um, Cousin likes to play small ball. You don't see that too much, but I think I saw three sack bunts, a lot of stolen bases. Like They work for every 90 feet they get. And after that, Cousin didn't score as long as Caleb Collier was on the mound. Three more scoreless innings, he ended up working six, only struck out two, but only walked one. So he throws well, um, and even some of the singles, you're like, come on, <laughs> like blue pits or little dribblers. Uh, in the bottom of the third, PH scored three more runs. It started off with a ground out, and then Gavin Troy walked, J.J. Reed had a single, and then Kyle Frizzle hit one opposite field for a triple that he just put a – like, again – at a, most ballparks, that might have a chance to get out, or at least it's off the fence, and it probably helped him that it was so deep because he got a stand-up RBI triple, and then uh, Peyton Mullins hit a ground ball that scored him, and it's th- it's uh, six to three or seven three rather or seven six. Jeez, I can't read my own writing. Um, <laughs> seven to six. Yeah, you know how I feel when you text that stuff to me. <laughs> seven to six, and you are going all right. Ph is is working on it, and the the inning ends seven six and bats went cold. The AJ Trost, he went 7 innings for Casino and after the 3rd inning, he set down, I believe, let's see, 9, 11, 13 straight PH batters after giving up 6 runs in 3 innings.
1: Yeah, it's it's weird like the offenses are clicking early and then they get cold and the pitchers get warmed up, get a feel for the ball, Mm -hmm. and and start to – I kind of got the feel for that in the Northern game too.
2: And the other thing about Caleb Collier, hit an absolute rocket back up the middle in the middle of that uh, um, perfect streak for Trost, and Trost just puts his glove up and catches it and goes, look what I found. (laughs) Otherwise, that's a – well, hardest hit single we would have had of the day. So yeah, he ended up going 0 for 4, but should have had at least one hit and a little better fate on the mound. I, I, this is what I see from this PH team. They're they're very young. They had three freshmen playing in Amari Holler, Gavin Troy, Peyton Mullins. That's tough for a, a team, especially with not as much startup time and not a lot of non-conference games and
1: probably not a lot of practice
2: either yeah so you have a lot of young kids but i like those three kids they're good they they're gonna be around for a while um so you have those three you have some other young guys on the team and they, they show flashes i mean you don't you make one play in the first inning and it's a completely different ball game completely different ball game I don't think this PH team will, has a chance to win the blue. Like I think Marysville and Northern, and I'm going to guess Utica has pretty good pitching, seeing what they've done to Marysville. But I think this is a team that on any given day, they can beat Northern. They can beat Marysville. I have to see what their other pitching is. But they're going to win a game that in three weeks, we're going to go, that really messed things up in the blue. That PH stole a game 2-1 to one or something. When Maceo Miller or someone was pitching, or Owen Johnson's pitching for Northern, and you're going, oh, PH should not have won that game, but they did, and now because of that, the Mac Blues all messed up and not where we thought it would be. Yeah, uh,
1: where we thought they would be is kind of where they're at right now. But St. Clair and Gross Point North uh, are having a, a battle this week, or had a battle this week, and St. Clair took the first two games. They they won on uh, Wednesday, twelve to five. At Gross Point North, uh, before we get into the softball, you caught the end of their game the other day, and there were more shenanigans, because we had Hatgate early in the week. <laughs> yeah.
5: <laughs>
2: I don't know wh- what is going on with that? But yeah, as you mentioned, uh, St. Clair beat Gross Point North 12 to five. and by the way, I guess at Gross Point North, left field is like 275 feet, but it's like a 15-foot high fence. Denny White was telling me he's like, "I think they had four or, fi- or five or six hits, and four of them were home runs <laughs> and he's like one of them was legit that a kid just crushed, but the other ones took advantage of the short porch, but anyway, so it's like I think the score is five, nothing or five one kid uh, has a no hitter going for Gross Point North, lefty. I show up, and I can't remember who it is, and I apologize uh, for St Clair, maybe Eli lore, I don't know that for certain. Hits a rocket to right field, and because it was later in the day, the sun was lower, and the kid just lost it, and he like just ducked out of the way because he didn't want to get hit. Ball gets by him, whatever, run scores, and, and St. Clair's got a little rally going with, I think, one out. Well, then coach comes out to take out the pitcher. I think he was at his pitch limit. And he goes, brings someone in, he warms up, talks with the umpire, goes back to the dugout, comes back, talks with the umpire pulls the kid off the mound and you're going the hell just happened (laughs) hasn't thrown a pitch so brings in another kid he throws like one or two warm-up pitches moves him somewhere else and you're like what is going on here we are now on our third warm-up pitcher and the second kid this wasn't why he had a white undershirt on big no-no if you're a pitcher um and i i Don't know if they brought a third kid onto the mound for a second, but he didn't pitch, and they finally settled on, like, the third or fourth kid they brought to warm up. (laughs) And come to find out, those kids had thrown too many pitches because there's pitch count rules that you can look them up. I think it's, like like, 45, 75, and 105, and you have to sit out so many days. Well, three kids he brought to the mound all were ineligible they throw one pitch they forfeit the game up four in the seventh so we I I was standing uh with some uh other St. Clair people I'm like I'm just so glad I wasn't on the air calling this game because if I had to sit there and describe three pitching changes without throwing a pitch it's like I was like I was there for five minutes
1: I don't I don't because we we were speculating and and I, I guess the the conclusion is is he didn't realize what his pitching situation was, but how can you not? Right. How can you not? Uh, number one and number two was this more gamesmanship? Where no, he I, was trying to stall a St. Clair momentum. From
2: what I've talked to, no, it was just he didn't realize because, like, they were get, the first kid was ready to throw a pitch, and then he was like, I think an assistant coach told him, "Hey, he's not eligible to pitch. Go out and get him." And yeah. I just like
1: because okay, this guy's a hot shot. Who was what an assistant coach? Where at Miami when they won the College World Series? Yeah. So I mean, how can you not know what your pitching situation is you And it's not a new rule. How do you not know it before the game even begins and have it somewhere that okay, I can't use this guy today. I can't use this guy. Right. Today, you have your list of
2: players. Today. You go okay. I mean, you you've talked to coaches before games. They go all right. Uh, Johnny's starting and Bobby is going to be our first guy that comes in relief. Boom. Yeah. Period. And amen. I. And I
1: and they'll tell me, "Oh, don't worry about him. I can't use him today."
2: Yeah, exactly. Like these, like the coaches know what's going on. Like everywhere I've been to, if I talk to the coach, they go, "Yeah, we'll use him, and and we'll bring this kid in relief when we need to." So, what was the the
1: what did the final? I end think up five
2: to two was the okay. final. Um, I'd have to double check that, but something like that. I know Gross Point North avoided the sweep. Um. In baseball action, so Saint Clair's two and one now. Uh, Ford is three and zero oh and nine and one on the year. Um, in Mac White play, uh, by the way, the kid for Gross Point North that's thrown committed to Bowling Green. Throw- Coach Denny White's like, yeah, he he throws really well. Yeah. He's a good pitcher. Um, I didn't catch his name, but yeah. So right now, Anchor Bay two and zero. Oh, they play today against. Uh, I guess the, their game got canceled against Lance Cruz North because it says on the MAC site they're scheduled to play. Oh, no, here it is. Um, they haven't messed up. They, their formatting is messing me up right now. But, yeah, they play Lance Cruz North. Uh, Anchor Bay took the first two, and Henry Ford, a 3-0 sweep against just Lance Cruz. So. All
1: right. Well, I'm going to just keep going with the baseball, and then we'll get to softball in the next segment because – we're talking about good pitching. Uh, here are some performances uh, from yesterday. Marysville beat Utica 3-2. to Maceo Miller, who I want to see pitch, he throws well. <laughs> Seven innings pitch, two runs, three hits, walk three, struck out six to get the win, helped himself at the plate too with two hits and a run. John Herterbees had two hits, knocked in a run. And Colin Richards, who I did see pitch and pitched well uh, against Lakeshore, had two hits and uh, scored a run. Big win, though, for the, the Vikings because Utica was tough this week. I know the other game was one to nothing. Yeah, and they'll
2: play the makeup game tonight. Um, but yeah, those top two for for Marysville Dennis. You know, talk to a coach. You really need two starting pitchers if you want to make a run. Between Larry Smayfield and Maceo Miller, you have two legit guys that, I mean, are, are good enough to win you a district and c- compete for you in a regional. And how about these two performances in the same game?
1: Crosslex beats Elkanac 5 to nothing. Start with Tyler Johnson. Complete game shutout, two-hitter, walked one, struck out ten. Again, I want to see Tyler pitch. I I, I mean, I, I we were lamenting the fact that he pitched yesterday because you're going to go up and do a Crosslex game today, and it would have mm-hmm. been fun to see him pitch. Uh, and Vinny Grappi, two homers, a double, Two runs scored. He knocked in all five runs for the Pioneers yesterday. Um, And and he's a guy because he doesn't play on the basketball team. Mm. You forget about him. But he's a guy that we talk about during football season. Uh, and, and obviously uh, he can do a little bit of hitting on the baseball field as well. Hunter Soper had a single and scored two runs. Uh, Anchor Bay beat Lance Cruz North yesterday 3-2. to two. Uh, They got uh, a combined effort. Ethan Miller started and struck out seven, and then John Swords, came in in relief and struck out four and picked up the uh, win. Cassidy and KPAC split a doubleheader. Cassidy won game one 10-7, and then the Chiefs got their first win of the season in the uh, second game, winning 10-0. to uh, So that's all the baseball scores, unless you've got something that you want to speak No, because
2: a lot were canceled back on, uh, on Wednesday. So.
1: All right, so we'll uh, take a break here and we'll come back and we'll talk about the ladies because there were some big performances uh, in oh, yeah. uh, on the softball uh, field as well.
3: 800- 2507520.
5: it's on Port Huron Schools.
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: All right, let's get to the uh, softball uh, diamond. Where uh, Brady, I, th- I think I had a similar situation yesterday that you had with the, the P.H. Cousinel game. With, with a little luck, Kaylee Rickert has a different afternoon yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, it was scoreless going into the bottom of the uh, the second, which uh, was the longest I had gone this season without a run being scored. Three half in innings. Game. <laughs> yes. Um, I didn't see a home run yesterday, which was the first time ever, although uh, Kirsten Smith put one off the middle of the center field fence in the first inning on the fly. Uh, but that was the thing. The wind was blowing out, and I had two teams – there are at least seven kids in the
2: lineups yesterday that I know
1: can hit the ball over the fence yeah. without the wind blowing
2: out. Yeah, and I saw Marine City hit one in a driving snowstorm yeah. on Tuesday. So I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, this is going to be one of those days again. And
1: it ended up really not being. And the other thing about it was that going into yesterday, these were scores from Mac Blue teams. Um, Cousin 0, 23 runs. Frazier, 22 runs. Gross Point South, 22 runs. Marine City, 20 runs. Port Huron High, 19 runs. Marysville, 12 runs against Chippewa Valley. Uh, and, and Northern was the oddball. They had only scored four runs in their game earlier in the week, and I know the Huskies can hit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 122 runs scored by Mac Blue Team's the, the first couple of days of the week, uh, and and I only saw an eight to nothing game. So, uh, but Marysville got five in the second inning. Uh, they got a ground ball to third, then a single by Caitlin Kane, and then a pop up to second. So there's two outs, runner at first, nothing really going on. And Brandy Bassett hits a ground ball to second, but as Kane is running by, she kind of screened Blanchard, the second baseman, and she booted the ball. And there was an argument. Courtney Laboon wanted interference. I don't know if there was contact or not. She would have actually had a better look at it from her dugout because mm-hmm. I'm on the third base side at Marysville. So I, I I saw the screen. I didn't see contact. I didn't see Kane go out of the baseline or anything like that. But she didn't do anything to try to avoid the fielder either. She just ran straight from first to second. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, they they ruled no interference. And, and so that error kept the inning going. And then Megan Winston hit a routine ground ball to short, and they airmailed the throw to first. And that let the first run score and put runners at second and third. And then Avery Woodard beat out an infield hit. Uh, and all of a sudden it's two to nothing, and there's two runners on. She steals second. Then Kate Westmiller, a legitimate two-run single that – you know, all of a sudden now it's a 4 nothing game where it, it should have been out of the inning with no runs, mm-hmm. and then the the next hitter, Smith, hits a pop-up a mile high right to the pitcher's mound, and pitcher's calling for the ball, and the second baseman comes in and runs her over, and the ball drops, and Westmiller scores all the way from first base on the play because she's running with two outs, right, and she's fast, uh, and all of a sudden you've got a five-run inning where no run should have been scored, where, where the inning should have been over after four hitters, and and that set the tone, and and that was the ball game, and uh, Marysville ended up winning yesterday by a score of uh, eight to nothing. Uh, I was I was a little disappointed because in the sixth, Kane was the fourth hitter, and she needed a home run for the cycle, and with the wind blowing out, and Caitlin's got power; she can she can hit it out because she had this, and it was. The natural progression, the way the cycle actually is supposed to be the one, with the single, single double, double, triple, triple home. home run is actually the way the cycle originally was. Uh, and, and she had the single, she had the double, and she had the triple. And uh, But they went out 1-2-3 in the sixth, and I didn't get to see her get another at-bat. So I was a little disappointed about that. But other than that, it was actually, as 8 nothing games go, it was fairly competitive. Marine City, early on, had a chance to make this a ball game. They just couldn't get the hit with the runners on base. They left two on in the first. They loaded the bases in the third with one out, and their two best hitters came up and both lined out to second base to end the inning. They left two runners on in the next inning. Um, I, they left a total of nine runners on base in the game, but seven of them were in the first four innings. If they get a big hit.
0: It's
1: and that's really kind of been the story.
2: Marine City's just been. It seems like they can't get that huge clutch hit when they need it. it. It just again, I said it before. It's a young team that'll come in time. Uh, and Megan Linarski
1: uh, has got a wicked changeup. Yeah, that's what I'll say about her. And, and she uses it a lot, but she uses it very effectively. Um, the one thing though is there seems to be a pattern. She throws you a changeup. She comes back with the fastball. Um, Tries to put and, you in the rocking chair. Well, the, the, that might be something though that that teams will pick up on later. So they might want to double up sometimes, or be, because the fastball looks a hundred miles an hour after her changeup, which that's why I know they do it that way. But her changeup is good, and she has everybody out in front on it. I mean, if you hit it, you hit it foul because there's there's no place else you can't, can't keep hit the it. weight back. Yeah, and, and and she makes a lot of kids look bad. With that pitch, so uh, I I like that pitch from her. She's got a really good changeup. All
2: right. Well, I saw the St. Clair softball team, which felt like for the fifth time. Well, yeah, I've seen them what four or five times now. I got
1: snowed out when I was going to see them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: You were supposed to see them yesterday or Wednesday, and yeah, the oh, way Marysville seven and zero now. Yeah, not not too shabby for the Vikings. Um. St. Clair got a mercy win, 12-2. Uh, it started off, the bats came alive early. Here's the first four batters. Single, walk, single, single, and then sack fly, RBI single, and a pop out. That was the first inning. It's 4 nothing going into the second inning. And Abby Lanshoot was pitching for Northern and you roll, you hadn't seen her pitch yet in the few northern games. Right? Yeah, I'd see—I'd seen Abby you... throw a little bit uh, okay. in the Almont doubleheader. Okay, she, she threw. I, I couldn't an in, remember an if inning you... or two. And she doesn't throw hard, but after the first inning, I mean, it was kind of hard for St. Clair to make solid contact in the bottom of the, or the top of the second, rather. Uh, Megan Prangy got out with the single, moved up on a throwing error, uh, and then it was just an error that scored her. Uh, it was a fly ball that I think got lost in the sun in the outfield that just dropped in. So Prangy scored to make it 4-1. to one. Uh, St. Clair in the bottom of the second, Peyton Malcolm ripped one for a, a single uh, Savannah Clark had a single and then Maddie Cole grounded into a fielder's choice and Kylie Russell who is now back for the Saints got an RBI so it's 6-1 to one and, and St. Clair's just was figuring it out in the third inning it looked like Landshut had settled in. First batter grounds out to short. Second batter grounds out to first base. Then an Error, a throwing error gets Rochelle Schweihhofer on. And you're just like, oh, that would have been a nice 1-2-3 inning. After the error, RBI double from Peyton Malcolm that hit the base of the fence. RBI single from Savannah Clark. A single and a throwing error that got Maddie Cole on base. A th- an error that got Kylie Russell on. A And then finally the flyout to end the inning and... Three runs scored, and now it's nine to one. And you're just like, "Wow!" Oh. Northern was kind of keeping in it, and then that error killed them. Uh, eventually, uh, Saint Clair would go on to get the mercy rule win in the bottom of the sixth when Aaron Saros hit an infield single that she beat out to score the winning run. By the way, in the in the game, I did see a home run. Allie Shagney went opposite field, and it was one of those that you say off the bat. You you yeah, that's uh, the way she hits them. Yeah.
1: And she doesn't pull the ball. All her power is from, like, center field over to left. Yeah,
2: she left center gap, and it – yeah. I was like, oh, and that ball, they're just going to look up and watch it go. Goodbye.
1: Northern, uh, in the games that we have done, Brady, they've been getting jumped. They've given up 24 first-inning runs in the games that I broadcast and, and your game yesterday because they gave up four, right? Yeah. So it's been 20 in the games that I've done and four yesterday for you. So 24 first-inning runs. It's kind of hard when right off the bat teams are jumping. Yeah, that and,
2: and especially when, like, if you're at home and you get jumped and you have to go on the mound and pitch and you're already down a handful of runs, That that's tough. That's really tough. But uh, –
1: Julia Schweighoffer and Peyton Malcolm, three
2: hits each? Yeah. No, the, 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 the Saints hit well. Uh, Schweighoffer had a pair of singles and a double. And Peyton Malcolm, like I said, a single and an RBI double that could have been a home run. Really could have been. And uh, by the way, for Northern, their 9-0 hitter Anna Hall did the same thing, put one off the fence. And her first at-bat she grounded out, but she hit one foul that went about 25 feet over the fence. So. And she
1: doesn't get to bat in every game. Uh, I, I did that doubleheader down down in Elmont, and she, like, caught in both games without getting to, to bat. They DP'd for her.
2: She had the best swings of the day for for Port on Northern because they only had, I think, let me count real quick, one, two, three, four, five hits on the day. By the way, Maddie Cook, six strikeouts, no walks, only the one. Actually, not even an earned run. Or the one earned run was the Ali Shagney home run. Besides that, no one scored. Yeah,
1: the McNaughton is she playing defense
2: yet? Uh, she no, she was the designated player. Yeah, again, they, they need who her, also had a double.
1: They need her at at third base because that helps them defensively, and and she's a good hitter. The injury, it's I don't know some sort of pinched nerve thing, mm-hmm. and it affects her throwing. It doesn't affect her hitting, and she is a good hitter. Yeah, she had a double too. That she got every stitch of. Speaking of good hitting, how about this? Emma Tremblay, four hits. Two of them were three-run homers, plural. She drove in 10 runs yesterday in P- Portier and High's 23-11 to win over Cousineau uh, and is now the all-time RBI leader
2: in Big Red's history. And Think about that for a second. She didn't have a junior season. Yeah. yeah what, she missed what, an entire season. What if last year goes as norm- as planned? She would have broken the record last year. Yeah, how unbreakable would that <laughs> record be at PH? Basically, the senior year is just putting gravy on top. But uh, unlike a lot of players who freshman year are
1: playing JV at best. Yeah, yeah, she was right up with the varsity. Exactly. And has been hitting all along. But just just stop thinking about that. A ten RBI day.
2: That's a good day at the office. <laughs> Two three run dingers, and Cousin well, they're just going to have to outrace you cause they, <laughs> their last two games, 20 runs given up and 23 runs given up. Yeah, uh,
1: but they scored 34 in those two games combines got a split uh, <laughs> got a split <laughs> how often do we say hey speaking of splits and look at these scores these are like normal scores uh Country Day 2 North Branch 1 North Branch 4 Country Day 3 in that uh, first game uh, Gracie Hyde had an RBI uh, single and Alana Desheski went uh, 6 uh, innings for uh, North Branch uh, and pitched uh, very well and Algonac is Algonac they beat Warren Mott 15 to 2
2: week yeah, slow de-
1: slow day de- at the had office. I to- had to, had the to the go I to- had to go to 5 innings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you doing, Elgan Yeah, you're not supposed to play more than 3. Come on. Uh yeah. and uh one uh, only one softball game got played on Wednesday New Haven beat Roseville 16 to 6 cuz why would you have a low scoring game in the driving snow or anything like that. <laughs> uh <laughs> So that gets you caught up on all the baseball and softball. We'll take our uh, final break, and uh, then we'll do our final segment here on the podcast today.
5: it's on Port Huron schools.
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: All right, you're back with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady. We're going to be busy over the uh, next uh, uh, day and a half. I, I'll call it a day and a half because I'll I'll act like we're halfway into the day when this is released. Uh, nine games. I got a doubleheader today at Northern with the uh, Lady uh, Huskies taking on Crosslex. You're going to go up to Crosslex for their baseball game against uh, Marine City. And then we've got another uh, six-game day for you on Saturday as we go to a tournament at St. Clair with St. Clair, Richmond, North Branch, and Stevenson looking forward uh, to that. Where do you want to begin? Uh,
2: well, let's just at least talk about today, the first time we get to see any Pioneer action. Um That's going to be fun. You get to see them twice, so you'll get to see a little more complete picture. And like we said, unfortunately, I don't get to see Tyler Johnson pitch, but I'll get to see what the – You might get to see Townsend today. Yeah, I'll get to see the Pioneers uh, for the first time and get to see what Marine City has done since I saw their first game or second game against uh, Marysville.
1: Yeah. Uh, again, I, I saw their doubleheader earlier in in the week, and they look like a team now that's had some practices. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're fielding the ball cleanly, uh, they hit a little bit, uh, and I thought they got good pitching. I realized the competition wasn't great, but uh, they made plays uh, and and they played good baseball uh, in tough conditions too. Because I, I to me, Monday, uh, I don't know, Monday, Tuesday is a toss up for me as to which was the worst day weather-wise um, Tuesday but it, it see I, I was in the rain all day Monday and Tuesday I didn't get wet like you did
2: I got like s- I think
1: it was reversed for us because I think where you were Monday you didn't get as much of the rain that I, I mean it rained the entire doubleheader
2: <laughs> yeah like it was like it was like spitlin the whole time, but I was able to keep myself fairly dry. Yeah. But I, today, hey, today, 62 the high in the afternoon. Good. Actually, Good stuff. some baseball weather. Good stuff. How it was intended to be played.
1: And then uh, Brady will have to get up early tomorrow. He'll complain about that. Not
2: super early, and it's a lot closer than M.L.A. <laughs> City, too. That helps.
1: 10 o'clock. Uh, for the uh, the start of uh, things, North Branch, St. Clair, and Richmond uh, Stevenson are the first two games. I looked it up. Stevenson's three and four this year. Um, uh, so, and I'm really excited because we haven't seen Richmond yet, and they're the one team in the BWAC that are perennial powerhouses. Mm-hmm. And the BWAC is good this year, so I want to see what Richmond. Has got uh, going on. Then at eleven forty-five, it's Richmond North Branch, St. Clair Stevenson, and then to close things out at one thirty, St. Clair Richmond and Stevenson North Branch. I think these are going to be um, some pretty good ball games.
2: Oh yeah, I mean I don't know nothing about Sterling Heights Stevenson besides they're a huge school. Um, I they think play in the white. I think I think North Branch is going to be good. I think Richmond's going to be good. Um, and, yeah, I mean, hey, you got three games. It's actually at the, the Little League Complex in St. Clair, so that's going to be a, a new spot for us to broadcast from. And it's, as long as the rain stays off, it should be a decent day, and it's going to be a fun day of softball. And, well, by the end of the day, we'll know a lot more about the area because, like you said, Richmond's going to be a team – you, you, you got to figure out where they stack up. Cross Lex is a team you get to see for the first time. You get to see where they stack up. Yeah, because
1: you've seen Armada and you know that they're good.
2: I've yes. seen Elkinac; I know they're really good. I've
1: seen Elmont; I know they can hit. We've both seen Emily City, or I've seen Emily City three yeah. times. Uh, they're really strong in BWAC softball uh, this season. Um, I, I, you know, if you're a weak team in the BWAC. You're going to have a long year because mm-hmm. there, are, there are at least five teams that, that we know about right now that could challenge for the, 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 the top of the BWAC. I still think Algonac is the team to beat of the teams I've seen. Right. But I haven't
2: seen Richmond yet. Yeah, that's going to be the wild card. And, you know, St. Clair is just going to play like they're I legitimately probably close to their 15th game. Uh, By Saturday, so. Well, we were
1: writing when we were sitting down doing the schedules earlier, uh, and we were writing it down, and I'm like, Saint Clair plays every single day, and I I think I counted it up like 34 games they had on the initial schedule they gave us. Gotta make a count. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, I too, I think they're thinking the weather that a lot of games wouldn't get played, but as it's turned out, we've we've only had what the one cancellation.
2: Yeah, and St. Clair has been kind of shorthanded to start the year. So now that they're getting into it more, yeah, I think think they're getting back to full strength. And I think we're going to see a really good St. Clair team come Saturday. Alright, so it should be a whole lot of fun. Uh, a lot of softball uh,
1: for you. The Brady's got a baseball game today, but I've got two softball games and then we've got six softball games for you on Saturday and, and the way the uh, ladies have been scoring runs this year we should have a, a fun 18 hours of softball for you on Saturday.
2: Sounds good. Yeah, they have time limits for the games of the tournaments. That's
1: why I like the tournaments.
2: Yes, that is why I like the <laughs> tournaments as well. Alright, anything else before next week? I, I I don't really know. I think we have marine. So we'll we'll get to that on Monday.
1: Yeah, we'll get to that on uh, Monday, and uh, that will basically do it for uh, this show. So have yourselves an enjoyable weekend. And, again, thanks for all the uh, support and uh, all the listens.
2: Yeah.
0: From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck On Sports.